What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, stinks and ain'ts, and welcome to Lactic Acid. I am your host, Dominique Smith. As always, I want to thank everyone listening and who have supported the show from day one. I am so thankful for each and every one of you. It's the holiday season. It is the best time of year. It's my favorite time of year. And I hope that you guys are getting in the festive uh, mood. You know, the Christmas music has been bumping for months now. So uh, it's just nice to you know be a part of this time of year. And I am excited for the episodes in this month of December that you guys are going to get a chance to listen to. But first, we are partnered with Track Barn, an incredible organization doing incredible things, led off by incredible people. So if you want to give a track and field athlete that you know, whether you're a coach or you have an athlete who is in need of something or you need things for your school, guess what? Go to trackbarn.com and at the checkout, type in lactic acid 10. Yes type in lactic acid 10 and you will get 10% off your order and you will be supporting a small business doing great things in the track and field community. Today's guest is none other than Miss Rebecca Mara. She is awesome, guys. She is awesome. I truly enjoyed this conversation. Um, We talked about her time working in politics she served as a campaign manager and she worked as an assistant to the mayor and she helped turn around the city um in bend oregon and she kind of detailed that and went in depth on that we talked about the media and how we can change some things in the media and how the sport is covered how we can help out the younger athletes we talked about how toxic the message boards are they're very toxic and so we uh, got a chance to dive into that then we talked about food we talked about indian food and just the different spices of things that she uses we talked about her move to seattle and how she enjoys that there's so many great things on this episode it's layered with greatness from the start of the interview to the end. And I appreciate her coming on the show, dropping some wisdom, dropping some knowledge. And guess what? She's gonna do big things this coming year. So please be on the lookout for her. But as always, follow the social media platforms. We are on Twitter, Lactic Acid underscore pod. On YouTube, Lactic Acid with Dom Smith or with Dominique Smith. And do me a favor, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and hit that notification bell because we have some awesome content coming out starting this Friday, a new episode of Track Talk. And then we're going to bring back the fried chicken series. Yes, we're going to be eating some wings on this show. So definitely stay tuned for that. This episode will actually be delayed um, in terms of being posted on YouTube. YouTube is down. And so I need to wait till it gets back up and rolling and then we'll post it. And guess what? Linktree has everything you need when it has in terms of where you can find me and that will be in the description in the show notes oh how can i forget instagram the gram lactic acid podcast or lactic acid with dominic smith i appreciate everyone's support you guys are truly awesome and i hope you enjoy this episode going on ladies and gentlemen saints and inks and welcome to lactic acid on this december holiday you know tis the season christmas we do a big here on the show i got cracking in september so it's about time for everybody to step up and get to where i am 
on this holiday season. Hope your Thanksgiving was lit. Hope you all went ham on your respective turkeys and you who are vegan who are listening to the show. Hope your tofu was very smacking and great as well. But I am excited to bring to you today's guest. She is the closest thing to Mother Teresa in the track and field form. She has done great things on the track, off the track, continues to ball out, make a difference in the community, and she's pretty fast. She's faster than the majority of people listening to it. I can definitely tell you that she's faster than me. She is none other than the legend that is Miss Rebecca Mara. Rebecca, what's going on, fam? How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Gosh, I don't know that I'm worthy of uh, of the compliments <laughs> that you gave, but I'm I'm super stoked to be on. It's all facts. Listen, as the re- official, unofficial reporter of Flavortown USA, they say all thriller, no thriller. <laughs> you know that we keep it real 100. And so that's just what it is. So yes, all of the things that I said were straight facts on me. So <laughs> I had to kind of switch this question up since we have hopped from Thanksgiving. Well, Y'all, technically, we were in just full transparency. Thanksgiving's two days um, from when we're recording this. But I still, everything I said, I still hope it was lit, all that, you know, stuff. <laughs> um, but let's just say, and I, I've been asking questions like this. One day, Hallmark and Food Network said, you know, the closest thing to Teresa and to Nelson Mandela and all the people who vouch for peace in the athletic form is Rebecca Merrill. That's just oh, it, no. what it is. That's that's the closest thing we got. And she's actually beating people. So she's doing it uh, with all love and peace and brotherhood. So we need to honor her awesomeness in this holiday season. The holiday swag is going on. Countdown to Christmas is just balling on every network, whether it's Lifetime, Hallmark, or whatever it is you watch your Christmas stuff. Freeform has the 25 days of Christmas. The holiday bacon championships are on and popping. And so they want to bring you a part of this holiday season so that people know that you are the real deal and that you are highly thought of. So what they want to do is Food Network said, you know, we've got too many holiday baking championships and cooking championships and all that stuff. So we don't want to make her compete more than we have to. What we want to do is add a signature burger, pizza, and dessert. So you see either pizza or burger and a holiday dessert, whether it's a cookie, whether it's a cake, whether it's ice cream, we want her to custom make either the pizza or the burger and custom like customize the ice cream or whatever dessert that you choose. Hallmark was like, yo, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up. We the kings of Christmas. We are the target of the Christmas season. <laughs> and so what they wanted to do is we want to make a Christmas movie, a countdown to Christmas movie. Starring whoever she wants, and it could be about anything that she wants. And we're going to run that thing until next Christmas, because they play Christmas movies all year round. So what they need from you, Food Network needs the name, which food you want. Mm-hmm. And listen, it's the holiday season, season's forgiving. So if yep. you like, you know what, pizza and the burger, and you know, I want something else, feel free. They got you. So you have to customize 
whatever it is that you want, the pizza burger or whatever, and okay. then the dessert, and then you have to fulfill Hallmark's request by giving us who you want to play your character in the movie. It could be anybody from the network, not outside the network, and just a brief, brief thing of what you would want it to be about. Oh, man. These are some unique questions. Okay. Um I pizza and burger. I feel like I could do both. Um, pizza. My favorite pizza in the world is from this little restaurant in Northern California called Vesta. And it's not super holiday, but it's like um, pistachio pesto with like soprasada ham and chili honey on it. So maybe add some like cranberries. I don't know, like make it ham, set a soprasada, make it feel more like holiday vibey. Um, burger. I mean, cranberry sauce is like my absolute favorite thing, which I know is really up, um, up, up in the air. <laughs> Maybe not a lot of people feel that way, but I got to have cranberry sauce on my burger. Um, I love Gruyere cheese, gotta be medium rare. Um, I don't know what else I love a side of Brussels sprouts, some, some sweet potato fries, yams. I don't know, <laughs> make it a little bit more holiday oriented. Um, but I don't know. I love a good pumpkin pie for dessert. Um, but actually what I'm making on Thanksgiving with a friend is a cardamom pear uh, caramelized cake with sage whipped cream. And it is the oh. best thing in the world. Honestly, we should probably link the recipe in here. Um, what in the name I, of holiday bacon championship are you yeah. cooking in that kitchen? Lord, it, it, I mean, I'm not, I'm not that good of a baker, but this is like my once a year. I pretend I know how to bake and I make this cake and it's always a winner. So, um, that would, that would have to be, have to be in there, but I don't know. This is going to sound super corny. You talk about uh, like my work in, in local government, local politics, but some sort of heartwarming story about getting out, getting out people to vote, <laughs> I think okay. would be really great. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, civil discourse now, is important. Who would you um, want to play that's your lame. Oh, that, that part, I don't know. Um, it could be anybody. Anybody? Oh, I mean, I love, can I have a dude play me? <laughs> Sure. I love Hassan yeah. Minaj, but he's a he's a um, comedian. But I feel like he acts, so I feel like that could that could comedians, be interesting. Comedians yeah. have to do voiceovers, yeah. and you know the power of technology; they can make him look yeah, like a girl right? within thirty seconds. So yeah, sure. <laughs> I I need to go back to this this food thing real quick, I, and and you know I definitely see I don't want to say the cultural differences, but the demographic differences because here in Florida. Mm -hmm. Russell Sprouts is like the algae or algae or whatever that's in the, the lakes and stuff like that. Uh, 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 no, 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 no. The devil is a liar. We don't do that. At least I don't do that. Uh, even though uh, I did have some bacon wrap glazed Brussels sprouts about a year ago that make you I had bacon and they're really good. Yes. Right? And, yeah. Yeah. And it was crispy and everything. So let, let me just, I, what is that place called? It's going to make me mad. I forgot, but whoever you are, thank you. Um, you cannot come on here and say, I pretend to be a baker and then <laughs> bring out something that they would serve the president. Like, come on. Now. Like, I honestly, I know how to bake like superhero muffins. I know how to make like pre-mixed brownies and pumpkin bread and this cake. Um, I, that. Man. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> let me tell you something. 
There are certain things that you said that I just can't get with. That's just me. My burger has to be cooked like my chicken. Honestly, oh, people, I got the two piece in the biscuit <laughs> shirt. I told you guys about it uh, when Laura Thweet was on the show. But yes, it is. It's, it's a thing. So um, I just had to rep it today. But love it. I don't do pumpkin. I think it should be demolished. I. <laughs> what about apple my, pie? That's my other favorite. Listen now, come on now. You know, I, I went and bought some apples today. I was eating an apple. You saw me eating it before. That's the show. true. Can, we we can make, listen now, in my household, we have made some apple crumble and an apple pie. Now, here's the mm. thing. Just because I don't like it to eat its own. May the good Lord bless and keep you on this holiday season and may you enjoy the finer things in life that you consider finer things. But man, I would eat that pizza. I would eat that pizza. Now, what style? Is it New York? Uh, deep dish or tavern style or what what's the northern california is it like napolitan or yeah something like that like european kind of neapolitan but but i don't know i love a new york pizza too my my mom's my mom's from new york so i feel like we had to always find the best new york pizza where i grew up in los angeles and so I, i do love a good new york pizza too to be fair i'm not i'm not a deep dish person though i get with it Thank you. You see, this is why we had to have you on. I hate deep dish. I'm sorry, people, but I my mom wanted some the other night, and I was like, let me go on ahead and eat it. I was like, it's just in too Florida. Much yeah, yeah. It, BJ's Brew House. We have BJ's and Uno's, and I never got it from Uno's, and I probably should have. I was going to try it, but I was like, how do you guys do this? Like, this is just too, the bread to sauce ratio is like it's just off just wrong it's, it's off if you're running america you need all the bread you can get so i understand that but people who just do that as a lifestyle like listen we we need to bring you we need to enhance those taste buds to something mm-hmm. pleasing because new york <laughs> is straight it's simple it's to the point mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying Agreed. so you know major shout out what about the delis in in los angeles do they compare Are they good? to Ooh, well, Do they compare to New I, York? I well, mean, let me just say no. this. The way you said that just gave me the answer before the question was even asked. So, I mean. I mean, they're, I just, they're okay. There's There was one really good Jewish deli that we used to go to for matzo ball soup and uh, corned beef sandwiches. And that mm-hmm. place was legit. Um, but, like, I can't say that there are many, honestly. It's a lot of, like, I don't know, tapas places and like salad bowl places, tacos, like that's very LA vibe. Um, yeah, yeah not so many delis. Yeah. Lord have mercy. Well, okay, at least y'all have the sun. So that that is something. So I am with everything that you said for your promotion. Um, that Hallmark movie, they would probably name it um because they always have weird names. So like Candy Cane Lane Falls and an undisclosed <laughs> location that you're trying to get the Candy Cane Laners to to boat. And there's like the high school person is you convince them to run for mayor and you get everybody yeah. to vote. And yeah. democracy is can, can, Candy canes for votes or I don't know, something. Yeah. Something um, goofy. Yeah, it'll be like a uh, marshmallow world Christmas or candy. Yeah, some, something crappy like that. <laughs> So I listen. Your they've done a couple of local government related movies. Oddly enough, 
Um, they have? I haven't seen them. I haven't seen a Hallmark movie in such a long time. So but then again, me, you know. Oh, no, I, <laughs> I feel that. Let me just preface my comments by saying I am not a habitual Hallmark movie watcher. Um, it's just every blue moon, if there's nothing on the television and you need something to just distract you, it's on. And I was like, ooh, they doing a movie about a mayor? Like, oh, staff? And it's just the most fluffed up, you know, buttons and bows. I was like, listen, I wish it worked out like this. Because <laughs> the know. world would definitely be a That's what place. the Christmas season does. It kind of, like, makes you feel warm and good inside and maybe forget about what's yeah. going on in the world. But maybe we can just insert some, like subliminal messaging about voting and yeah. you know caring about what's going on in our country and our environment i don't know yeah especially super dirty because the thing is the hallmark i am i'm always curious like what happens in january 2nd like what mm. what happens and stuff like that it's so. winter it's cold it's gray depending on where you are if you're in los angeles it's none of those things <laughs> but, <laughs> i feel that it's but you are you know it's it's i mean it was 60-something degrees, and Florida lost their collective minds. Um, so, I mean, right. I, no, I mean, it, it's, you know, 70 degrees is uh, boots with the first season. So, um, you know, it, it's it, different strokes for different folks. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> for um, sure. But you, my friend, are a baller. And so we will Thank trace you. back to running uh, in a minute, but I all I thought it was really cool. What would you describe yourself as when it comes to your role um, in local government? Obviously, you wear many hats because you, I believe you you work. You're like the right hand woman for the mayor, um, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. You've done campaigns. Mm-hmm. Uh, you. Did campaigns in 2020, um, <laughs> yeah. enough. Um, and you've done like so many things. Like you're like the jack of all trades. So what would be? Because I was trying to think. Like you are the Swiss Army knife, like the handy moment. So what would what would you kind of what would be your official title? So many compliments. Well, um, I actually used to say I kind of felt like a you know, jack of all trades assistant um, to to the mayor. And also as a campaign manager, you just have to take care of so many different things. I mean, you could be sitting with your candidate, like making phone calls to raise money or making phone calls to get out the vote. You could be organizing an event. So you become an event planner. Um, you have to like, you know, help organize finances. So suddenly you're a financial person. You have to like talk to people, be a spokesperson. I mean, it's so many different things. So um, I haven't, um, since I moved away from Bend, I'm living in Seattle now. Like I haven't been working in in local government the last year. And it's definitely something that that I miss. And I felt like I left Bend in such a better place (laughs) than maybe (laughs) like when I got there three years before. I mean, it was it was suddenly a council of like six women um, and like the council's first ever person of color, first ever um, non-binary person on council. Um, It was much more liberal (laughs) than it was prior. Um, And yeah, it was it was a really really interesting time to be working in Bend. And you said 2020, it was a lot. It was a lot to work in a mayor's office in 2020 and then also oversee an election at the same time. It'd be so creative and do things so differently. Half of everything was on Zoom. So it was definitely an experience I'll forever have ingrained in my mind. 
oh, I think you need to flush that out like lactic acid uh, in the legs. <laughs> like that is, it's like you get what you can get. There's so much that goes into it that I don't think people understand. First of all, forgive me because I got so mad when y'all kept calling me and not y'all, but y'all, y'all here down here, you know who you are. Um, like the calls and the texts, but you see kind of the initiative that people are trying to do, um, you know, to try to get people more involved, try to, you know, inform people. That takes so much. <laughs> like, that's mm-hmm. just not sitting down and it's like, okay, what's on my to-do list? All right, from 8.30 to 9, let's just get these texts out. There's so many so many nuances that people do not understand. But mm-hmm. the, I think the cool thing that you said that may go and notice is that you left a place better than you found it. Do you ever just kind of sit back and you kind of take a deep breath, you look at the challenges you faced, you look at the challenges that you overcame, and you look at the blueprint that you personally left for somebody to come in and make it easier for them to get the job done. Not to be, you know, you you give yourself a crown or anything of that nature, (laughs) but but just, I don't know, what confidence does that give you? Um, Not just you know, Ben is not Seattle as far as population. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, I worked um, as a beat reporter for a short period of time covering a town of 28,000 people. Mm-hmm. And that's 28,000 people that you're yeah. responsible for and stuff. Yeah. And so you were responsible for all these people and you made life, um, you know, from what you're telling me so much easier. Do you ever think like, I cannot believe that I was able to do that. And what confidence did you take from that, you know, now, even, even yeah. to track? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I can't take full credit in any way for that. Oh. I was part of teams and, you know, the candidates were ultimately the ones that like, you know, were elected and, and have made change. And um, I just got to, you know, help them get there. Uh, but it was awesome. I mean, honestly, it felt so good for me, especially in 2020 to feel like I was doing something that mattered and that absolutely translated to my running because I just felt so much more fulfilled on a day-to-day basis. And I've said this so many times, but I've, I've never been the type of athlete, the type of runner that like can be singularly focused on training. I feel like I need to be doing something else in the world (laughs) that makes me feel like I'm giving back or I'm feeling fulfilled. And yeah, that work in Bend was, was awesome. And I felt that way every single day. So, um, I guess, yeah, in a way it did give me confidence, especially when I was standing on the starting line and starting lines in 2021, after like going through all hell of 2020, um, of not only like, you know, just at the day to day was so difficult. We're all in quarantine, but also like helping to support someone running a city government, also helping to support someone who is running for office. Um, and knowing that like, wow, <laughs> we were able to get a lot done. And, um, you know, yeah, it did bring me a lot of confidence. Um, and I, I felt very satisfied, I guess, with what I had done. The street cred that you have is unbelievable. Like nobody could ever talk crap to you. Like, what have you done with your life? It's like, oh, I changed the city. What have you done? It's like, oh, that's not right. <laughs> um, but did my best. I'll, yeah, you did your best. You know, that's all you can do. And hey, you caught a W. So that's, that's all True. that matters. How's life in Seattle um, so far? I believe you've been there a year and a few yep. pennies. Yep, a year, a little over a year. Um, 
It's been, it's been good. Um, I feel like the weather the last couple of weeks was like oddly sunny. I'm like, Oh, is it going to stay this way? <laughs> Are we not going to get the rain in today? Completely downpoured. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, in terms of like just life balance, Seattle's so awesome. I have so many friends from different walks of life. Um, love going to practice every day. I get to practice, um, around the university of Washington team, which is a lot of fun. I love the Powells, the UW coaches. Um, and yeah, it's just been, it's been fun. I've been working for a law firm or I worked for a law firm for the last year. Um, and we did a lot of work, um, in, it, it specifies in indigenous rights. And so we did a lot of police and prison reform cases that I got to, you know, I'm not a lawyer, but I got to be a part of and touch on a little bit. And I learned a lot and I got to learn a lot about my new city. Um, I haven't quite dabbled in, in local politics and, and elections yet, but we'll see <laughs> it might be coming, but yeah, yeah still time. I, I really loved it. Yeah. And I'm here with, with my two cats who are great and made the move. <laughs> no problem. Um, okay. And my fiance too, who works, works in tech. And so it's been, it's been a good balance. I'm really enjoying it. All right, that's awesome. I think it's crazy that the sun came out <laughs> from everything. I know heard. for two, two weeks, it was the longest stretch um, they've ever had in November of sun. And it was 14 <laughs> days. <laughs> oh boy. Wow. Yeah. I- you see, when when stuff like that happens, it's like, Lord, should I smile or are you about to just go full, you know, armor? For real, though, for real, that's that's what I don't know. But I will say, I I've learned or I learned last year that if you just take breaks away from the gray, like it's it's dark and it's gray for several months out of the year, and in those months out of the year, which is mostly like November to March you just leave as much as you can. Like I'm going to go to LA for a couple of weeks to, to visit my family um, and visit Jordan's family. And we'll, I don't know, take a couple of other trips here and there. And then it feels a lot better. You're not stuck I, in the gray. Oh, for sure. Like I, one of my go-to shows back in the day was I used to watch Frasier uh, mm-hmm. with Kelsey Grammer and stuff. And every time they did that show, I don't think it was recorded in Seattle, but it was always raining. <laughs> so I was yeah. just like, okay, well, this is good nap weather. But uh, yeah. it is good to travel to mix things up because you learn about different cultures and then you go back to, obviously, um, I don't know where you started in some respects. You've gotten a chance to travel. You've gotten a chance to experience different things. And I think that's actually the really cool thing about not just working in office. Obviously, you are, you know, Literally, I said the jack of all trades, but I mean, technically, so you're like a professional runner. You can low-key be Johnny Cochran, um, <laughs> like mayor of, I don't know any famous mayor. Well, I should know famous mayor. mayor. I mean, is the is a presidential run, when, when, when can we, when, when does that come? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I prefer to be the supporter of, of <laughs> a great person running for office rather than the person running for office. Cause I've seen how tough it is to have like your life torn apart um, oh, yeah. and constantly have people watching you. So <laughs> no, again, we're, we're, love to be the, the braid behind the operation rather than the face. I feel that. I feel that. I feel that. Listen, as long as there's free food, then you know I'm always involved. But <laughs> Same. So I'm, I'm definitely with that. But I think I have a passion for travel. Uh, my problem is I don't have any money. But <laughs> the places that I have traveled, it's just been such a remarkable experience learning about the towns, learning about mm-hmm. the town structure, looking at the people listening to not looking at the people but just yeah. seeing how they 
just day to day. Like everything is different in Eugene than it is in Orlando, than it is Orlando. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, everything is different in Mount Dora than it is Orlando. But yeah. for you, you travel so much and it seems to me the thing that I take away from your journey that I've seen is you really enjoy investing in people. And this is just a general um not a political but just a general statement you seem to really invest like you have a heart for people where did that heart come from and how do you i don't want to say sustain it but life's like i used to i had a a teacher he said and this may be bad for the podcast but he said life sucks and then you die um (laughs) I mean, that's how I look at it. Yeah, and so I was like, ooh, that's kind of grim. But life can be hard, as we've seen. Um, and obviously, you know, this is this is far beyond the grocery store and all the things you've done. This is just, just a general observation. But how do you maintain it, you know, when it is kind of gray in the world? Yeah, it's a good question. I feel like I look back on all of the best experiences that I've had in my life and, you know, the wins and the losses and, you know, a lot of that kind of melts away, like the feelings you have of, of those major life events happening. But the thing that sticks are, are those people that were there and the relationships with you that you have with those people. And so I think I've realized over time, the most important thing is like, those relationships and the ability to, to call someone and to be a part of their life and to, um, you know, ask them for something or have them be able to ask you for something. And that's really, yeah, the relationships are what you remember the most, or at least for me, <laughs> that's been the case. And so it's been, yeah, and absolutely the same for running. Like I just went to a meet in Memphis, the race didn't go particularly well, but I had so much fun, like spending time with a couple of people that I've known in the, in the running world for so many years. And years later when I'll be done running, um, inevitably everyone is at some point, um, it'll be like those memories of like my whole day before the race with this friend I've been running with and I've had for a decade, um, not like the race itself. So I don't know if that answers the question, but no, it um, does. People are absolutely what make, what make experiences. So listen, 20 years from now, you can tell, you know, tell your, your family about the time that, uh, because was it the Mur- was it the Murphy Classic? Was that the race in Memphis? I think that's what. Oh, called. that's the track meet in Memphis. The one I just oh. did is the Sugar Run Sugar Run Five K. It's a road five K, so a little oh. outside my comfort zone. But yeah. okay, I was gonna say you could tell them about the humidity that you endured. Uh, that's all. Uh, no, no <laughs> it was it was not humid this time. It was dry and it was like twenty five degrees. So oh. very different experience. But I have raced at Murphy Classic and it is like soup outside. It's oh like it's God. like your weather, <laughs> Florida. It's so um, sad. You just get used to not breathing. So like when I go to the West Coast, it's just like my lungs are just asking each other, what do we do? Like this is yeah. fair. You know, you know what's funny though is I I've struggled with asthma since I was much younger and I feel great racing in heat and humidity. Like long wise, like no problems. I will take that any day over cold and dry. Like I it's amazing how much back, of a difference it makes, actually. Back in the day, I'm 28, so back in the day, old oh, school. same age. Oh, hey, hey, listen. <laughs> I did have asthma. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. By, the, by the grace of the Lord, I'm healed, and I can testify that you are exactly right. Because when it was mm-hmm. 50, 40 degrees, and you're running, it's like somebody's sticking pins in your lungs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, totally. it burns. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, I need my butyrol and everything yeah. like that. But yeah. no, mm. I see. I don't know about the thing is humidity is is like Brussels sprouts it's like an acquired taste because when you wake up and you take the trash out or you bring your trash lid up you have to change clothes because it's like at eight o'clock in the morning it's Mm -hmm. 82 degrees with the feel like temperature of 90 um so it it is it's it is what it is we we don't have to talk about that but I thought that I didn't know that there was a uh, race in Memphis. That's pretty cool, though. Listen, it's it's the fun that matters. And mm-hmm. before we switch topics to the off-track stuff, the one thing I notice about you is win, lose, or draw, you seem like you're having fun. Like, there are obviously moments where you just happen to run races that bring pain. Um, it just happened to you. It's like part of the job. <laughs> it's, it's, part, it's part of the job. And by pain, I mean physical pain. Um, cause I used to have to run like, you know, uh, uh, they used to make us run the mile in school. Uh-huh. Yep. I was like, how do, how do people do this? And then the fact that people are doing it like four minutes, like under four minutes, I'm like, Ooh, at four minutes, I'm trying to cross 400. Um, <laughs> but you seem to have so much joy and, and just have fun, you know, loving what you're doing. Where does that come from? I think for a long time when I first started running, I actually didn't enjoy it at all because I used to get so anxious. It was all about the competition and all about like, how was I going to be on this day? And I got really good when I was really young. I was 13 years old and I was winning races and, you know, getting interviewed. And that just all like made me very anxious. Like I, I didn't enjoy it at all. And it actually took having the sport taken away from me a bunch of times to, to enjoy it and to like realize that I, I loved running. Um, and then by the time I decided to, to run post-collegiately and ultimately end up running professionally, I, you know, got to this place where I'd been hurt and had been taken away from me so many times that I realized how much I enjoyed it. And I, I made the point already about the people, but like the people in the sport rock, like there's not a lot of money. There's like, of course there's notoriety of like making an Olympics or making world championships teams, but like ultimately like people are buddies. <laughs> it's fun. Um, this is short lived. You only get to do it for a period of time. And, um, it's just the feeling you get when, when you run as fast as you can is like, yes, it's painful, <laughs> but it's also so exhilarating when you can do something that you've never been able to do before. Um, and that's, that's really great. And I think even when I had a, I had a tough year this year, <laughs> if I'm being honest, like I just, all the things went wrong at all the wrong times. And I think that the thing that I stuck to the most was, was the people, um, the people around me rock. Like I'm, I was so lucky that I had such a good support system and, um, I'm lucky after all these years in the sport, like I'm still enjoying running even when it is crappy, uh, or the racing, I guess is crappy. So, um, yeah, I've been lucky, lucky in that sense. I guess I'm grateful that I even get to do this in the first place. Cause I just, I didn't know that, that professional running was a job until midway through college. And I didn't even think I'd be good enough to have it as a job. And now that I've had it as a job for gosh, like six, seven years, it's, it's a pretty fun job. Oh, listen. I, and I mean, entries aside, you ball, you ball like that's, that's no, no cap you ball. So I definitely understand that. Would you say that the people bring you back, excuse me, consistently when you feel 
you know, like your knockdown. Yep, definitely. I love my coaches. I love the athletes I've trained with. I love the athletes that I get to room with <laughs> when I go to meets, um, teammates, current teammates, former teammates. It's so much fun. Um, and then also getting to be invested in other people's success, like people that I've trained with and I've known for a long time when I watch them like run really well or succeed or like achieve a lifelong goal or, you know, it, it's, it's really awesome. Um, and yeah. I feel like I get a lot from that too. So it's, yeah. One question prior to us switching gears and we will get to the off the track stuff in just a second. You, you mentioned something very interesting. So I've worked my I guess you can call it a trade, but my I went to school for journalism. That's what I have my degree in. That's what I do for a living. Uh, yeah. Sports journalism. I can um, tell. Okay, well, thank you. I hope hopefully that's I don't know how, but um so it's the swagger. You have the swagger of someone who knows what they're doing. Okay. Well, I, I will take that to the bank, cash it in, and <laughs> we will use that for some more chicken. So I appreciate that. But I never, maybe I don't, I don't, I, I don't remember. And I'm sitting here trying to think what rules we were taught. I do know that we always had to ask a parent if the kid was underage, like if you can speak to your, your child, but I never felt comfortable interviewing somebody that was not in school. I, I just, because it's a different world mm-hmm. and I, I, I hate that. I, I'm sorry that, you know, that, you know, it happened, but I guess my question would be, what is it that you would change in the media landscape? to a help you guys as professional as professional athletes but and i had this conversation uh with my boss uh shout out to adair lighten homer uh she gave me my first shot with florida runners yeah but i believe she and i were talking about it it's just some of these high school phenoms man the way they're covered even some of these Mm -hmm. middle school kids now they cover them better than they covered usain bolt when he ran Mm -hmm. and i'm not even kidding and I yeah. see it in other sports as well. You know, we five stars and ten stars and ten toes to all the all everything. And then there's no chance for them to develop. There's no chance mm-hmm. for them to figure things out. They drop them like a bad habit when they deem them to be unsuccessful, but mm-hmm. really they're just learning mm-hmm. and growing and stuff. As a professional athlete and someone who has dealt with the media for an extended period of time, what is it that you would change to make it better, not just for you professionals, but for the kids coming mm-hmm. up? Yeah. Actually, I just coached high school <laughs> this past okay. fall season. So I have even a little bit more context and thinking about the minds of high school athletes and high school girls in particular. Um, I mean, yeah, the obsession is very real about covering high school sports. Um, I wish that it wasn't so all encompassing. And I think for this generation and and for ours too, social media is like so impactful. Like these kids are all on all the time. I mean, so am I. Um, And I just think you're, you're constantly gathering news and you're constantly making comparisons of yourself to others. Um, and it's, it's also so easy if you're like a high school girl to get online and God knows the number of things that have been said about Caitlin Tui on let's run boards. Like she, she doesn't need to be able to go on and read that. And so I just think that we need to have a, a greater level of awareness of like where 
14, 15, 16, 17, 18 year old minds are at um, and be more conscientious <laughs> perhaps in the reporting, um, you know, like give, give space also. Um, and yeah, the just it's, yeah, that, that one's a tough one. <laughs> exactly yeah. what, what needs to change. But I think message boards are a big thing that are really negative um, for, for kids and for anybody. Like I can go on and read something on there that's negative about me. And um, I just don't think that, that we need that. I also think I love um, switching gears a little bit from, from high school athletes. I love a comeback story. Um, and I love the ability. I actually, I read the chicken soup books when I was growing up. If, oh, me you, too. Are you familiar with those? Okay. Yeah. yeah chicken how soup good they the made soul. me feel. Yeah, exactly. And so I always wanted to create like a one for, for, for injured runners or for runners coming back. And so that's actually a project that I'm working on with a friend, um, where I think we're going to call it the comeback journals, which is going to be great, but I want to be able to celebrate like athletes who are, you know, midway through their comeback. Maybe they haven't like achieved the big thing that would get them in the news. Um, but just like really real stories of, of stuff that, that people are going through. And I think that's gotten better in the media over time. Um, but it's so easy to celebrate people that are always on top, but there's so many interesting stories of, of folks that are, they're in the middle or maybe been gone for a while or on their comeback. Um, and also interesting stories of people that are not just like the tippy top elite athletes. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that's something that I'd, I'd love to see and why I'm working on it myself. But, um, yeah, I think in general, the like obsessive comparison online is so tough and I wish I've, I could make it go away. <laughs> I've worked a couple places. Um, cause I, I, <laughs> I coach high school track and field. Oh boy, it's 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 crazy because there's because I, I was I was ta- I was talking with a parent and I covered high school football for um, our local paper as well, high mm-hmm. school athletics. That was my first gig prior to covering track and field. There was a need, they said, for me to come out there with a the camera and post stuff on social media because mm-hmm. it helps their kids get recruited. Oh wow! And you walk this fine line of oh boy i don't and there are times i didn't write stuff i didn't have the heart to like i'm not mm-hmm. gonna and because it's just like this is a 15 16 17 year old kid like yeah he's still learning just he doesn't even he doesn't they don't know anything. basic stuff yeah. yeah like they don't they, even know how to properly get you know address the media no they don't know anything and i would always try to give tips i was like listen they're gonna come at you when you get to college and then from there i got into the message board world it oh. is it's it's a never winning it's a it's a never ending battle because there's this this feeling that oh these kids need to toughen up you know and you know we can say whatever we want to and and we have the right i'm like no the frick you don't like you don't know what this kid is going through mm-hmm. and i guarantee you half the people who whether they're on less run or any other message board they could not they sit there we call them uh, uh sofa coaches couch coaches yeah. because they they can't do they can't do what you do i promise no. you if you like rebecca i promise yeah. you i I put every piece of chicken I've ever eaten. If you were to post your daily schedule on a message board and you say for two weeks, I'll give you a thousand dollars for two weeks, I guarantee you people will drop out after day four. 
they don't have the discipline, they don't have the wherewithal, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. not meant for them to do. So if you are, if it's not meant for you to do, then you can't criticize. Yeah, well, and, and people people also hide behind usernames um, and, and feel like because they have this anonymity, they can say anything that they want. And yeah, I think that it can be, I, I know that some of these message boards are trying to create um, better protocols, but I think at the end of the day, it's just, it's- It doesn't work. Still very negative. Um, and it's also like, I'm sorry, but primarily like, at least I think middle-aged older men (laughs) that are on there, like making comments about women, um, which is tough. And to kind of go back to your original question, I think another thing that is changing and I hope continues to change is that sports media is like not nearly enough focused on, on women. Um, and when it is focused on women, I think it's focused on women sometimes in the wrong ways. Um, and I mean, yeah, there's also just like a lack of diversity in general in, in like it, in the media world like i was only ever interviewed by like older white men (laughs) for so many years and i just you know now that that is changing and i'm i'm really glad that is changing but it's still not enough i was in this program um called magic boost program and i got a chance it was the inaugural class so Mm-hmm. I was there with uh, I uh, I know you were on their show. Uh, my boys Josh and Aaron of uh, Two yep. Black Runners. They're um, great. Uh-huh. T Williams, y'all, real talk with T, please. Like uh-huh. listen to that. She's balling. My man Matthew yep. Parker um of MJP4 TV. And we were in that mix zone and it was like dang. Mm-hmm. Like it it was and the questions in the press conference is in in the mix zone. You, you're minority just like I am. So you know what it's like to be in a situation where it's yeah. like, ooh, I, well, I don't see nobody that looks too much like me. Mm-hmm. And the athletes like notice that too, you know? Mm-hmm. Like the track athletes are a very diverse set of athletes. And, you know, I, I've heard different athletes say, like, I'm more comfortable um, to talk to someone who's my age, who looks like me, who comes from a background like me. And that matters. And so you, like the types of questions that are asked are completely different too. And, and honestly, like probably more interesting for an audience to, to listen to or to read about. So I asked the question to everybody. I don't care if you took an L I asked it to Shakari Richardson, I asked it to Michael Norman, I asked it to Noah yeah. Lyles. Yeah. And I, when I started this show a year ago, um, I would ask the question, if you had to pick a superhero to describe who you are on the track, who would you roll with? And I got answers that was just like, you know, you had your Superman, your Batman. Then we get an anime. And I was like, yeah. Oh, oh no, Lyle's probably. Yeah. <laughs> he he gave me a quote. And I actually had the opportunity to sit down and talk anime with him. And at first I thought it was straight hieroglyphics. And then I had to go back and just kind of look it up and everything. But it shows how interesting you guys are because I saw and listened to how the questions were phrased. And the one thing I could tell you, I know it because I've been trained in it. I mm-hmm. know a question that's aimed to get a specific response for a specific story mm-hmm. instead of an uh, actual question to inquire information, general mm-hmm. information. And yeah. I saw how they talked to the athletes and I saw the questions and I was like, this this is not it this is not mm-hmm. it um and to your point it's getting 
you know, with women, it's just like, I can't tell a woman how to feel. I'm a man. Like, mm-hmm. I need to learn. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. There's so many things I don't know. And so I think in this profession, you guys really get shorthanded because you don't tell your own stories. You can't tell your own stories because it's like, we have to try to tell this story in a way people understand. It's like, okay, well, let them tell their own stories. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what yeah. it's like to run a 1500. So why am I telling you what it was like to run a 1500? Why don't I ask the person who ran it? And then mm-hmm. she could tell me. You probably don't know what it's like to throw a shot put. Or in my case, yeah. have a shot put get um, land on your foot. Why oh, would you nope. try to? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and so I think there's so many. And this could be another show at another time. There's so many discrepancies that the, the message boards are bad. But I think maybe the ego, too. And, mm-hmm. and it's not, it's not everybody. It's not everybody. There's so many people no. doing great things. The mm-hmm. people I just named, you know, Sidious Mag. You know, we're trying to be on the come up here with life mm-hmm. and gas and the by way. I do mean me. Um, but I don't know. I do feel the burden of what you're talking about, and sometimes it's like, why did you ask that question? Yeah. You know. Well, thanks it, for being a part of the change. That's yeah. what's the most important. You know, to, to see it and to yeah. make change. Athletes, as the limit god is my witness, I will do my very best. I will never be like, uh, tough race out there. How do you feel? I'm, I will not ask you that. Question. So, yeah. <laughs> tough um, race. Yeah, tough that race. That didn't go you how you wanted, huh? Uh, this trail. No, it didn't. Yeah, you sucked out there. How you feel? Yeah. How you doing? <laughs> um, my cat has we, been sitting behind the computer staring you, at can me. We, can, we, can we have an introduction to the cat? Oh, yes. This is Callie. Um, she is the best. Um, she wants dinner right now, <laughs> so okay. she's being a pain. But she is the most like cat dog cat you'll ever meet. She comes and greets you at the door. She really wants food. Um, well, she is is the best. Caleb, we almost done. I promise. We get into the <laughs> other section now. What are three things that people don't know about the legend that is you? Three things people don't know. A lot of things people don't know. Um, Three things that you want us to know. Yeah. Huh. I'm pretty, I think I'm my own worst critic, (laughs) Um, which maybe a lot of athletes would say, but I might be really good at, you know, finding the positives and posting about it online, but I'm totally human. And the the negative feelings totally get me first. It just takes me a minute sometimes to, to process and then be able to like find, <laughs> find the jewels. Um, I feel like it can come off like, you know, I'm always positive all the time, but I definitely have my moments. Um, what else? Uh, I don't know. I guess I, I care a lot about the people around me more than anything else. Um, I will like drop anything for someone I care about to make sure they're taken care of and have, you know, have what they need or if they need something from me. Um, what else? I, I speak and read and write Hindi. (laughs) That's more of a fun fact rather than something people, people can learn about me, but, um, I also love, I don't know. I love everything about like my kind of Indian heritage and culture. And, um, I love cooking Indian food. I host a Diwali every year and like invite whoever, (laughs) like in whatever place I'm living, um, and, uh, 
cook a ton of Indian food this year. You're a foodie. So I made chicken curry. I made lamb curry. Ooh, I made dal. I made uh, naan and rice. I made um, gobi madar, which is um, cauliflower with peas and like a yogurt sauce. I, I really went all in. So what, what, when, when can I, when can I get a plate? Like when? Come when, to when? Seattle. <laughs> Or you know yeah. what? My grand my grandparents live in um Boynton Beach. So when I'm when I'm down there, I'll cook and you could you could drive over. <laughs> I listen, I, I'm gonna walk, I will run, I'll stand on the highway and stop someone. And if anybody knows that song, sorry, John Legend, I had to copy your lyrics. <laughs> uh, um good. And here's the thing: I have not tried Indian food, but I am kind of supposed to try it um this winter. And so what Ooh. would you yes because i'm i'm foodie because here's the thing I, I went through my full face um buffet i'm sorry mm-hmm. and listen that is it's fried chicken one pho two even mm-hmm. though i had a, a bad batch the other night or the other day. um yes that's thoughts and prayers but i'm really excited to transition to this culture so what is it that you would suggest like on a go-to plate if I were to order something. Yeah. So my favorite is sog paneer, which is basically spinach with like cheese cubes in it, but like a spinach curry, um, which if you don't like vegetables, the place you need to go visit, you got to go visit India and then like Northern (laughs) India in particular, and then you will like vegetables (laughs) if you you prepare them the way you have them there. Um, So that's that's my favorite. But a lot of people love like chicken tikka masala um, or butter chicken, which is like pretty classic, um, like, you know, chicken curry. Asport mild, depending on how much you you like spice, but with rice and naan, you gotta have naan, or particularly garlic naan. Um, just you know, don't breathe on people. Uh, oh no 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 no! You you, but, you eat that by yourself. Yes. Yeah. You put a mask on. Yes. Nah. Yeah, but it's um. Yeah, I'd say go for go for those things. So literally, I like vegetables. I do not like unseasoned vegetables. Oh yeah. No one likes that. Just like if I, like when I was younger, I had Brussels sprouts a lot. Talk about Brussels sprouts that were just like cut and I felt like they were boiled. I don't, I don't know. Or like maybe they were put in the oven with nothing on them. And I hated Brussels sprouts for the longest time until I was in college and I went out to dinner at one point and I had this like amazing flaky fried Brussels sprouts with like bacon and like a maple glaze. And I was like, these are the same vegetables. So it, oh it totally, <laughs> totally depends on how you make them. Yeah. That is just amazing. Okay. Listen, I'm, I'm, you ain't said nothing but a word. I'm down with it. So you get down when it comes. So you chef too. So pretty much you're like a chef. Yes. So like I said, the walking mother Teresa, I don't know if mother Teresa knew how to cook like that, but if she did, then a little different. <laughs> a little half, different. half Indian. Yeah. But half Indian listen, style. Oh man. So we've talked about Jewish delis and amazing Indian food. So tell me about curry. I'm interested in curry. How hot is mm-hmm. it? Because I'm scared. Uh don't be scared. I you can make it as mild or as spicy as you want. When I actually make my own chicken curry, I don't make it really spicy. And then you can kind of add spice as you go, which is basically just adding like uh, paprika or like red chili powder. Um, sometimes they are cooked with actual chilies. I just don't do that. Um, but yeah, just be sure to say I want it mild and then you okay. won't get, you won't get spicy food at all. I, so. I, I had no idea how to order. Listen, I'm t- that just solidified my decision. I'm going to send yeah. you an email 
Um, yeah, please do. I'll, I'll give you all the recs for like things that you should, you should go ahead and try. Um, cause curry is really great, but you can also get, um, chicken tikka, which is like a spice rubbed baked chicken. Um, and that also can be, if you're like afraid of curry, <laughs> that's a good way also to try some Indian spices and flair without maybe the, the full force of curry. No, I want to try it. I watch diners drive into dives and the, the different oh, things yeah. that they do. Triple G. The triple, triple G is triple D. But yeah. triple D is Tri- what? triple D, not triple G. G <laughs> Thinking of guy. <laughs> D G flavor town. It's all in the same location. Yeah. So like I said, it doesn't matter. Oh man, I'm actually really excited now. What is the best meal you cook you've ever cooked? Best meal I've ever cooked? I mean, that Indian food I just told you about was was up there. I, I, that took yeah, me like two days to cook everything. Two days. Um, yeah, because I had to make several dishes the day before, and then the next morning I made most of them. So I'd say that was that was pretty good. But that plus, if I could make my pear cardamom cake on the same day, that would be the greatest day of eating. At least the greatest day of eating that I have made, because I love going out to restaurants and, and eating other food. <laughs> but oh if I cook, God. that's what it is. That, yeah. that pear cardamom cake, let me tell you something. I was watching Holiday Baking Championships uh, yesterday. That sounds better than some of the stuff that they put. That just the the, the mention of it gets the taste buds rolling like a river, mm-hmm. man. That is that is incredible. So I need to stop on the food subject because I am. It's okay. Get, I'm with it. I am a foodie through and through. Emotion. What's the so what's your go to place of all the places? Now I will ask this, and then I'm gonna get off food because I want to wrap this up. Of all the places that you've lived, the best food scene, the best dish, or actually, I don't want to say best dish because that's very vague and that's very difficult. A general it's not. Topic. Oh, ooh, okay. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, okay. Well, I've lived in a lot of really like great places for food. Like I grew up in Los Angeles. I lived in the Bay area for college. Um, I lived in Portland. I lived in Bend and now I live in Seattle and I love so many different types of food, but there was this one restaurant in Bend. It was like my go-to takeout. And I honestly think that this place got me through, (laughs) through 2020 of COVID. Um, it was a Northern Thai restaurant called Wild Rose and they made this thing called a curry basil noodles. And they're so good. I mean, it's like kind of a semi-traditional patsy ew, but like with this amazing curry spice and chicken and, um, oh, it's so good. I, I wish I could like DoorDash it from Bend and have it sent up here. But maybe wildflower, is that what they're called? Wild, wild rose. Wild rose. Wild rose. It's a flower. So yeah. Um, close enough. <laughs> close enough. Uh, wildflower is actually a band, but, um, uh, the Rose family, if y'all could sponsor Rebecca, don't even need to be money. Just send her the uh, the curry basil noodles. Uh, yeah. A year supply. <laughs> Definitely. That oh, my God. Amazing. Yeah. I haven't. Why don't you like name? That would be legit. If you name the series of comeback stories, Rose Through the Concrete, and then you had the Wild Rose like sponsor it. That would be legit. Uh, <laughs> That's a I good idea. It. See, this is why yeah, I gotta I, talk to a media brain. <laughs> I have like a few ideas. Um, you know, I tried to get the show sponsored by Hidden Valley, but um, they thought we were a charity case, and they said no. 
So, but don't worry. I, <laughs> you just I, you gotta put you gotta put some Hidden Valley Ranch like next to your lactic acid logo, and maybe I have, maybe they'll so get we, into it. We have a wing show. It's called a bucket of fried chicken and track talk. Where myself and guests, you're more than welcome to come on the show. <laughs> I um, want to do that. That reminds yes. me of what's the what's the chi- the the fried chicken and hot sauce show? It's like on YouTube. I hot think that hot, hot ones. ones. Oh, I want to do hot ones. That would be. It's, it's, That's my it's, ideal type of interview. <laughs> it's similar to that, and we do not talk. We may, I may ask one or two track com- topics, but everything else, we talk anything else. And yeah. we sit there and we eat wings and ranch. Like Ariana Entz came on the show, and yeah. um, we talked NBC's The Good Place. Mm-hmm. We broke that oh, down. Oh, such a good show. Yep. Yeah, that was my favorite. Low key, uh, shed some emotions when at the now um, yeah uh, shout out to my dog Chidi. but and like laura Thweet's coming on the show and we're going to talk 90s nickelodeon shows over wings and stuff like oh that. yes so, that would be my uh, vibe too i watched all that stuff in the 90s well you're same age as me so you probably did too <laughs> listen yeah rug rash summer rug rash brother myself yeah um so listen i've gotta have you on the show um <laughs> like i said I, we, we will set that up in the new year uh, because I know people want to come on, but at the same time, uh, I told my cardiologist I would limit it to two per month. Um, you know, gotta, gotta gotta take care of the heart. Like, listen, how many? Wings you can, you can make some like tofu chicken that you get to eat when the guest gets to eat the real chicken. Why did you ruin the moment? Food, food FOMO. <laughs> yeah, that was so bad. I mean, if if I had a vegan person on the show, I will eat vegan wings because I found it. Um, I don't know. Everything is on my face. So if, if it is a catastrophe, then you will see it. Um, <laughs> but I do I do bake the wings. I don't always get a stop. So like I said, we're going to set that up and we are going to have a 90s Nickelodeon uh, extravaganza. Um, that that we'll, we'll do that in the future. I wanted to ask this question before we get to the last topic. I heard that you electrocuted yourself yeah. and then when it ran out, ran something crazy. Just to, And the reason I say, you say I don't deserve the compliments. What normal person, what non-superhuman hero figure electrocutes themselves and then goes and runs? And and is 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 halfway decent. Like you and, and faster than stupid person. <laughs> Me, because I didn't communicate. I didn't realize what I had done to myself. But I didn't. I, I did not feel normal. To be fair, for a few weeks afterwards. But you still bald. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So I I remember I was trying to turn on or turn off. I don't remember. Our oven was broken. And so you had to like reach all the way under the oven in order to like reach the outlet. And frankly, I don't know if I, at the time I touched the outlet or I like stuck my hand inside the socket. I really don't know what happened. I just remember like, yeah, probably. Um, I just remember that I couldn't, I suddenly like my hand was frozen, like super gross, gangly hand frozen. Um, and then like for like five seconds, and then I finally was able to pull it away. And I felt like, I don't know, like it, you had gripped something as hard as you could, like for mm-hmm. like several minutes. And that feeling of like my hand was just so sore and felt kind of frozen in the, in the way that I had it anyway. So 
I, I started Googling. I'm like laying on the floor at the kitchen. Like, okay, I think I'm okay. It's Googling. I'm like, okay, I don't think I need to go to the hospital. Like, I don't think my heart stopped. I'm okay. So I tell my roommate who's there, like, hey, this just happened. And she's like, oh, that's weird. And then I start going to practice. And the next few days I go to a workout. And my coach, who at the time was was Lauren Fleshman, was like, what's wrong with you? You look terrible. Like, I couldn't run a 200 at my, like, mile race pace to save my life. Like, I was sprinting Ooh. as fast as I could. And she's like, something just looks wrong with you. Like, I don't know what it is. Um, turns out I had fried my entire nervous system, but still mm. didn't think to say anything about the fact that I'd electrocuted myself. Cause I remember thinking it was like my hand, even though I kind of felt off my whole body. It was like, well, oh, it's my hand. It's fine. Um, I don't need my hand to run fast. And then the day I went to Portland track fest and the day I was supposed to race, um, my teammate said something to me like, Hey, Rebecca, like, remember when you electrocuted yourself? Haha. <laughs> and my coaches just like perked their ears. Like what? you did what? I'm like, oh yeah, that happened last week. They're like, Rebecca, that's why you feel like such crap. You like, like totally fried your system. Like, oh, this is bad. I'm like, oh, okay. Like just didn't occur to me. And by the way, I told this story, um, when I was at training camp in Flagstaff last year and Molly Seidel said that she had also electrocuted herself, um, very badly, so badly that she had like spider kind of veins all over her hands, uh, several years ago, I think when she was in college and went to the hospital. So I guess I was lucky that, that was not what happened to me, but, um, yeah, it's, so I'm I was not the gonna, only one. <laughs> I was gonna, I, I, you know, I, I wake up and find a new way to hurt myself. So I was just curious as to what was the most creative way that you found, but I think you answered that. Um, yeah, I, I also am the same. Like I have a constant story about a stupid thing that, that I did or something that hurts. Like it became a joke when I was in college. Um, but electrocution. It it don't it doesn't beat that. I was gonna say my snowboarding story um when I passed that at the top of the mountain. Um oh no. No. Oh <laughs> no, senior ski trip. I've told the story in the show before. Drove up the mountain in Colorado and the mountain goes up. I didn't go fast enough. I briefly lost <laughs> focus, consciousness, fall down. Look up, snowboard, uh, snowmobiles just rolling, breaking. Um, but I don't know. It's just every day, you know, I'll look and I'll see blood. Like, what did I do? <laughs> like, like what? <laughs> like, what happened? Like, where is this blood coming from? Yeah. Uh, like, I've walked I, in. It's yeah. It's, so, oh uh, no, I've, I, I have a similar thing, but with bikes, like me and bikes are like, not, oh. we're not friends. We, we can't hang out. They're, um, they're dangerous. They yeah. Dangerous. So when I was, when I was at Stanford, we used to have these areas on campus called circles of death, literally, um, because like bikes would fly around them and people would get in like horrible crashes all the time. Um, oh. like I thought my college coach was going to ban me from using a bike because, I got hurt like three different times in school because I was on a bike. I got clotheslined once someone opened a car door and I hit the car door and like oh, flew oh, over oh. it. I had to go to the hospital for that one, which I tried to hide, which also did not turn out to be good. You got to tell your coach when you end up in the hospital <laughs> in a bike accident. Um, and then years later, as I was, I went back to help coach at a Stanford track camp and I was at the edge of campus. I was walking. Um, I was like two minutes away. It was July 4th too, from, from meeting friends. And I got hit from behind. I was walking by a cyclist who was clearly on their phone or something, fell, broke my wrist and like 
the absolute edge of campus getting hit by a bike. I'm like, that would happen. This is just my luck with bikes. Listen, so bikes and electrocution, no go for me. <laughs> bikes, bikes. Lord have mercy. Hey, oof. I'm afraid for you. Like, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm just going to put you like, Lord, we used to sing the song in church. Jesus, build a fence around me every day. That's the prayer I'm going to start praying for you. <laughs> Don't let that girl get hurt. Keep every bike away from her. Close I know, door. for real. Oh man, listen, I don't I don't do bikes. The pedals, those sharp pedals, the stationary bike mess me up because it just it's too sharp and my feet just slip and then all of a sudden it's like, mm-hmm. like no 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 yeah. there needs to be a class on bikes. Um <laughs> and then it's with bikes, it's the people who are not paying attention. Oh yeah, yeah. That cause you the most damage. Don't text and drive. Let those bikers be great. Uh, cyclists be great. That's that's all <laughs> we have to say. Want to wrap this up before we get to the rapid fire? What gives you hope? What what is it that gives you hope? And then what gives you hope for this season? I guess I'll start with the second question. <laughs> it's a little bit easier. Um, okay. I am healthy. I feel like myself again. Um, I had a bad bout of COVID over the summer. Um, and then I got the swine flu. It was just not a, not a good summer. Um, and I hear Jordan laughing from upstairs. Uh, yeah, it was bad. Um, and so I'm, I'm grateful that I feel like myself right now I'm training. I'm like stringing together weeks in a way that I literally could not do the entire rest of 2022. So I'm just excited to like I don't know, be able to go out on a track and compete again this year. So it gives me a lot of hope that like, I'm going to be able to PR and I'm going to have good races and, um, it'll be a, a more positive experience, um, than 2022 was granted. There were silver linings. It just was, they were hard to find, um, for the most part, but, um, yeah, I think, I don't know. I, in terms of what gives me hope in, in general, I think are, conversations with with people I don't know I think that I I go back to the same theme of like people are what make everything better but I have had a lot of good conversations with people who disagree with me and those are the ones that I remember most and that like I kind of walk away from and I feel like something really changed and something made a difference and I yeah I just hope that there will be more people willing to have conversations that are tough or with people that they don't agree with. And I think that's how things change um, for the better. Wow. Brain fart. Um, so prolific should... what I said, you know? <laughs> it, it, it touched my soul. Um, I am so sorry. Why? What advice would you give for younger runners, I ask that question all the time. What advice would you give for your younger runners just trying yeah. to follow your footsteps or people in general? Say, yeah. Hey, listen, we have like the person we should look up to. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Two, two things. Um, have fun. Like, I didn't have fun for so many years being a, a semi elite athlete, you know, a high school elite athlete. I wish that I could go back and shake younger me, be like, this is supposed to be fun. Like, don't forget that. And I did that a lot with, with my high school athletes this fall was like like the last thing I'd say before starting a race is like, remember, this is the fun part. 
this is really exciting. And that was always something that I try to bring back and something that if I talk to a young athlete, I, I try to remind them of, um, two is, you know, invest in, in relationships, invest in, um, in relationships with teammates and and coaches and, and people around you, because that's what you'll remember most. You have survived the interrogation process of this interview, and now we are on to oh, very good. quick, very quick, but the hard stuff. Yes, that was the- I hope more food-related things. Oh, you ain't even got to worry about that. You ain't said nothing but a word. I, this segment is called Down the Home Stretch. I'm going to ask you a few rapid-fire questions. I want you to answer them to the best of your ability. If I stopped and asked you to clarify- um, or expand on your statement. It's okay. It doesn't count against the time. If you do okay. not answer these questions in an exact time as fast as you can, okay. I don't care. It's all good. It does not matter. It's all love. <laughs> love, peace, chicken, grease on this show. You are playing to win the gold medal, be on the gold medal stand where so many athletes before you have achieved such success. Are you ready? Let's do it. If there was a food that you had to live with and the food that you wanted to live without, what would they be? Food to live with. Um, pizza, food to live without, ice cream. Ooh, ooh, okay. I got to stop that real quick because that is something that's going to ruffle some feathers. I know. Uh, why are you anti-cream? I, I didn't love ice cream ever growing up. I don't know what was wrong with me. I think it was just too cold. I have no idea. Um, but I I like it more now than I did as a kid. Like I was that weird kid that didn't like ice cream. But even still, like I love a good like baked cake or a pie or chocolate. I don't know, so many other forms of dessert. So I feel like oh, I sure. could Listen. I could mix it on ice cream. A good cookie is will go take you a oh, long way. Yeah. So Agreed. I feel that. I feel that. If you had to be a guest on any food network show what show would you be a guest on? Hmm. I think it would be really fun. Oh gosh, so many of them are really great. Uh, something with Bobby Flay <laughs> or or uh, Guy Fieri. Both of them are great. I don't have my own restaurant for Guy Fieri to, you know, be able to to I just out, but I just want to be a guest. <laughs> like, like, listen, just let me be a guest and let me go around the country and try free food like that. Yeah, that's, that's what I'd love to do. I want to go try food. I so many of the shows I watch are like Chopped and Beat Bobby Flay. Like, I don't, I don't want to compete. I don't want to have to no. like beat somebody else. I just want to eat the food. I want to be one of the judges. Be one of the judges. But here's yep. the thing about Beat Bobby Flay: the the final dish they do not make enough for the original judges, and that is. Terrible. It sucks. Yeah. Yes, you, yeah. you really have to up your game. Listen, you have a chance. Like, listen, you, you really have a chance to be on one of these shows. We got to make a call to Food Network afterwards. All right. For real. If there was a culture, and I'm going to make these questions about food as much as I can, if there was a culture <laughs> of food that you wanted to try that you never have, which culture would it be? I feel like I've tried so much food. Um, I don't know. I haven't had much like Caribbean food. I think that that would be really fun to to get to try um, and get to have more of. And I think also really authentic Chinese food. Like I love American Chinese food, but like All real Chinese food. Real. Um, yeah, I think that'd be cool. There is a huge difference between the real and the stuff that you get at the mall. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Panda, not Panda Express. <laughs> Panda, Panda, Panda saved me, but once I had some real Chinese food, I was like, ooh, ooh there is a difference. Yeah, um, not the same. If, if you do Caribbean food, oxtails. What? Okay. Oxtails. Oxtails. They are underrated. They are not served as frequently, but you you would enjoy oxtails. Um, goat is good huh. too, but um, oxtails. Yeah. Oxtails, okay. you can do so much with it. Okay. Yep. What is your favorite holiday tradition? Uh, I have two. Um, I loved growing up doing Thanksgiving with my whole giant Indian family because they all kind of just co-opted this very American holiday that none of them grew up with. And we had this always fun combination of like trying to do traditional American Thanksgiving with a turkey and cranberry sauce and whatever, but then also random Indian dishes thrown in, which also I just always felt like was was funny. And then it always turns into kind of a like a alcohol-filled poker game at the end of the night. <laughs> So that's pretty fun. Um, but my other favorite is is Diwali and I haven't gotten to celebrate. It, it's usually changes dates, but like late October to mid-November. Um, and I haven't been like home to celebrate with, with family or like an Indian community since I was in high school. So I feel like I've now made it my own thing and gotten to show like all of my friends why I you know love the holiday so much, which is mostly about the food. But um, also about, you know, like the, the songs and the dancing and kind of the festival of light itself. So between those two, I think those are my faves. If there was a board game that you would want to become a reality, what would it be? A board game in reality. I feel like so many of them are already in reality. Um, my favorite board game to play is Settlers of Catan. I don't know that I want to live in Settlers of Catan reality, but it'd be pretty fun to get to like play it out, you know, in in real sort of, I don't know, real life, but in a in a simulator of sorts. Everyday brand that you wish was sponsored. Everyday brand. Oh, that's not fair. Like there's so many of them. I don't know. Two everyday like, coffee two every chocolate brand. company. Okay. Uh, probably Starbucks. <laughs> Which oh, I feel boy. like is kind of lame, but I, I I don't know. I have so much like coffee that that would be really awesome. And they're Seattle based, um, so that'd be fun. And the other one that I would would love is any sort of like high end cheese brand. Gotta say it. <laughs> like I've been working on uh, trying to talk to to Beechers. Um, they're also a Seattle based cheese company. Oh. Any any cheese company really would be a lot of fun. Best kind of cheese. Best type of cheese. Best type of cheese. Okay, so I was just eating it right before this interview. Um, it's pretty specific, but it's called Latour, and it's like a combination of like sheep, cow, and goat, I think. And it um, it looks like a little cupcake cheese. That's my favorite. But brie in general, it's kind of like in the brie family. I don't like brie cheese. It's hard to melt, um, and it has such a particular taste. But you got you got to get good brie cheese though. If you get like crappy brie cheese, that's like so, kind of plasticky with like really yeah. thick like wax on it. Uh uh-uh. uh. You got to go like to like a specialty store or like a good like a high end grocery store and go to like the cheese area and get the get the good stuff. Okay, that because it it is cheap. Like I I cheaped out and paid some money, didn't pay enough money for it, so that explains it. Okay, I can do that. Cheese cheese is one of those things that like you get what you pay for. And if you like spend ten dollars on like a triangle of cheese versus like three, it makes a massive difference. 
Cheese and wine. I feel like uh, those are the two things that you can't cheap out on. Like, yeah, and- I, I think you can get decently good cheaper wine, though. At least in my opinion, than cheese. In a, but in a in a bottle or a box. Uh, bottle. But you can okay. you can get a bottle of wine that's really good. That's like fifteen bucks. Um, okay. So. Yeah. Listen, it, I think like that is that's ultimate. Okay, couple more questions. Now I'm like, because I just went out and bought some cheese because I, I make a mean macaroni and cheese. So I have like Ooh, all these I love mac and cheese. Uh, so I do the home style. I have my own recipe and everything. And I was gonna add some smoked Gouda to it. That sounds but I, amazing. Yeah, I did. I couldn't bring. Uh, I didn't have the heart to do it. If there was an item on the Thanksgiving meal plate that you just said that needs to go, that needs to go bye bye. What would it be? Turkey. <laughs> I just. I. So never I'm not liked mad it. at that answer. I, I feel it. like it's it's iconic. You know, it is the Thanksgiving thing. But I just have never never loved it i feel like most of the time it's kind of dry and i just want to cover it in like all of the potatoes and cranberry sauce and gravy and all the other stuff on my plate makes it better but i could just eat those other things without the turkey and it'd be fine turkey see we're doing turkey wings this year Mm -hmm. um not turkey wings but turkey drumsticks because it's hard to and you let it simmer over some gravy and everything so i feel that turkey for that answer all right last two questions why should people go out and vote because that is not only your civic duty because i know that sounds super corny but like it is your way to express your opinion in like so many decisions that are made in the environment around you um like you know any anyone that's that's elected an elected official um different ordinances like things that impact your life um are, are all things you can vote on. <laughs> and don't you want to feel like you at least, you know, even if, you know, what, what you voted for is not the thing that comes to fruition, don't you want to feel like at least you, you put your opinion out there? And sometimes it really does come down to a few votes um, and your vote could, does matter. So, yeah. Last question, why does kindness matter to you? Man, it just makes everything everything better. <laughs> like even smiling at someone, it can can change their day. So, I think that it's just it kind of ties into gratitude. Like being kind and and being gracious just makes makes me happier, and I think it makes other people happier too. And um, I've always been the type of person that enjoys giving gifts more than than receiving them because. I don't know. It's nice to make someone else happy. And that's essentially what kindness is, is, is kind of spreading happiness. You have survived the rapid fire challenge down the home stretch rapid fire challenge, and you are a gold medal winner. You killed it. You aced it. All thriller, no filler. That's why we have the legends on the show. That's why we have the greatest on the show. Rebecca is definitely one of the greatest out there, not just on the track, but off the track as well. And you guys got a chance to hear that today. Where can the people find you? Where can the people support your journey? Um, on Instagram and Twitter. I think I have the same handles on both, though I should know at this point. It's at Rebecca underscore Mira. Um, try, to, try to post on there, write some blogs here and there. Well, Rebecca just announced she's doing some big things, and so I am so pumped to see the incredible things that she's going to do. I cannot wait to see her ball out. Listen, if she in Budapest in August, don't be surprised. You heard it here first. That's the goal. That's the goal. 
That's the goal. Listen, anything is possible. As we say down here, ain't no thing but a chicken wing. And guess what? It could very well happen. You never know. Until next time, thank you all for listening. Peace. Thank you.